0: The following presentation was recorded at the Buddhist Society of Victoria, Malvern East, Australia. Please visit our website at bsv.net.au.
1: For anybody that uh, is tuning in tonight, that maybe it might be their first first few times meditating, you know, we do do a little bit longer sessions, um, but. If you find the sessions a little bit long, and you uh, you maybe only used to meditating for say five, ten minutes or something like that, just try to just try to follow along. Your mind might wander off for a period of time, and it might seem. Uh, might seem a little bit long, but it's 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 a sitting meditation for a little bit longer. It's it's a skill that we develop in time. Um, and so, if you find yourself getting a little bit bored throughout the middle of the meditation and it seems a little bit long, don't worry about it too much. Um, tonight, I uh, I thought I'd give a guided meditation on something that I talked about. Uh, yesterday, um, where I talked about how we develop uh, Dhamma Vichya and Dhamma is this uh, quality that we that we develop, which is uh, uh, developing the faculty of investigating the Dhamma. And I talked yesterday about Dhamma Vichya being, uh, we... We developed Dhamma Vichaya by looking at both uh, mind and matter or the, you know, the, the mind and the body. Um, and one of the practices that I recommended yesterday was doing uh, body contemplation. So I actually thought I'd go through that tonight. Um, so it might be nice for anybody that's maybe never done body contemplation before. Most of us are very familiar with the standard kinds of meditation a meditation on the breath or loving kindness or body scanning or uh, you know watching the transient nature of thoughts Um, but maybe some people haven't really don't really know too much about investigating the body or have never really uh, you know never really actually attempted to uh, them to investigate the body in any way and Potentially, some people a little bit uh, uh, get a bit confused what they should do to investigate the body. So, the practice I'll be running you through—we're just doing a very simple kind of uh, practice of uh, body awareness and trying to, instead of merely just looking at the sensations or the feelings throughout the body or the postures of the body, taking a particular body part and and really trying to investigate it and see have developed some clear understanding about it and we can do this by using our thinking mind and using our wisdom to investigate a particular body part and in this we can we can repeat repeat the name of the particular body part or we can bring up a, a, an image in our mind's eye of this body part and we can look at it the objective of doing meditation on any one of the body parts is to is to see that it's you know, see that it's not necessarily something that is you know as, as, as beautiful as we think it is uh, we're trying to develop detachment towards the body parts usually when we, yeah, uh, when we you know, we have some kind of liking for a particular person, we think that they maybe look good. Somebody has uh, 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 a cool hairstyle, or they have uh, yeah, radiant skin, or you see you see somebody with a nice smile, with with a with a nice row of teeth. We think, oh, that's a that's a that's a handsome person. That's a beautiful person. Or ourselves, we may be enamored somewhat with our own you know with our own hairstyle or or our own skin Uh, so this practice of investigating the body and its constituent parts uh, it helps us see these parts in a little bit more of their true nature that they're not something that's inherently beautiful it's but it's something this is a kind of uh, illusion that comes up in the mind that we think they're beautiful, but when we actually investigate them, we see, we see these more you know unattractive parts of the body. So this is this is quite a good practice to do if we feel like our mind's a little bit uh, you know overly agitated and we're trying to we're trying to settle the mind down a little bit it's also it's also a quite a good practice when we feel a little bit overexcited you could say or we feel a little bit like enamored with with you know sort of entertainment and the world and the, and the and the wondrous things in the world um this can you know curb that kind of excitement that we have for the world um, and allows us to develop a little bit of dispassion, and we're not doing this practice really to, uh, you know, to 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 hate our body or to think that it's you know inherently disgusting and we should you know uh, get rid of it or anything like that. It's it's more just trying to understand this body with more clarity and and maybe not be so enamored with us and and that helps us to let go of our attachment to the body a little bit more How are we going landon <laughs> oh is the zoom thing back now okay so we're we're sorry the reason i'm i'm uh waffling on is we're still fixing the zoom the zoom aspects, but uh, that being the case we we might just we might just forge ahead with the with the meditation um, and we'll try to fix the technical difficulties as we go along. So to start with, we can take our seats find a comfortable position. Whether we're sitting cross-legged on the floor or sitting on a chair, doesn't really matter. All that really is important is that you try to keep your back nice and straight, keep yourself alert. And we can just start initially by Bringing our awareness to the feeling of the body sitting here. The different sensations throughout the body. The feeling of your body against the seat. Or your clothes against your skin. Try to bring awareness to the present moment of this body sitting here, what it feels like, and just feel the body breathing as well and the sensations of the breath. could notice the sensations of the breath in the abdomen or the chest or the tip of the nose just try to stay with these sensations associated with breathing try to keep your mind calm and focused on the breath and then we'll move on to the body contemplation. Again, if the mind wanders off, just bring it back to the sensations associated with breathing. Just trying to develop some stability of mind before we start investigating the body. And now we can move on to investigating what we call the five outer parts of the body. The hair of the head. The body hair. Nails. Teeth and skin. Or in the Pali, we call these kesa hair of the head, loma. Hair of the body, naka uh, nails, tanta teeth, tacho his skin. When you're contemplating the body, you can do it either one of two ways. You can either just repeat the word over and over in your mind for example hair of the head hair of the head or Kesa you can repeat this like a mantra while also placing your awareness on your hair in this case Or if you find that you have a more visual imagination. You can bring up a picture in your mind or an image in your mind. Of this particular body part. Or you can do a combination of both. Repeating. The name of the body part, in this case, hair of the head, while also imagining your hair in your mind's eye. And not only this, but we try to contemplate this object as well, we can maybe... Ask questions about it, or look at it in a different way. So we can start by contemplating this first obvious one, the hair of the head, or kesar. and try to bring to mind your hair what it looks like how it's always changing it's always growing Changes with age, changes color. Again, you can repeat hair of the head or Kesa in your mind, just softly in your mind and bring the image up. But also try to contemplate what happens to your hair if you Don't wash it. Or if you don't look after it, it becomes oily, becomes dirty, starts to crack. what's it like when one or a few of your hairs fall out and it's in your hand, do you still want to keep it or do you want to throw it away? We can see this thing, a hair of the head. We feel like when it's on our head, it's something that we enjoy or we take pride in. But as soon as it falls out, we don't want it anymore. Just keep thinking, keep your mind on this object, hair of the head, hair of the head. Kesah, kesah. Or you can think about somebody else's hair that's maybe fallen in your food. You may like this person, but as soon as a strand or two of the hair falls out into your food, you become repulsed by this. Even the most beautiful person in the world, if their hair fell out in your food, you'd think this was repulsive. Thinking, hair of the head, hair of the head, or Kesa, Kesa, keep your mind on this object. And contemplate what it would be like if you just let it go, become dirty and oily and start to mat together, start to smell. And even when you do look after it, still, as soon as it's reached its peak and you either cut it off or it falls out naturally, it's not something you want to keep. It's not something that's attractive anymore. It's just dead cells you had a matted-up ball of your own hair that hadn't been washed you'd want to throw it away you would want to get rid of it keep thinking Hair of the head, hair of the head. Kesa, kesa. Again, you can move on to the next part—the your body hair or loma. You can repeat this word: hair of the body, hair of the body, or loma, loma. you can move your awareness around your body to these places where the hair of the body is in your eyebrows. You have hair on your face and around your ears. and look down on our, on our arms, see the hair on our arms, on our torso and down on our legs Keep investigating and thinking hair of the body, hair of the body, or loma, loma, Again, we can see the hair of the body, it's something that just continually grows and drops out. Most of the time we're doing our best to get rid of a lot of it, to shave. You can think or imagine in your mind's eye a hair that's in the sink after you've shaved. Again, you don't want to keep this, you want to get rid of it. Or we can think of the hair of the body and our arms. And again, what happens to it if we don't look after it, we don't wash? Again, it gets oily, it can get out of control. Any hair of the body, if it falls out, we always want to get rid of it. Even the hair of the body of somebody that we maybe find attractive, if their eyelash was to fall out, we wouldn't want to keep this Or hair of their arms Keep thinking Hair of the body Hair of the body Loma Loma Think of the the hair in your nose. The hair under your arms. It's usually something we try to hide away. what happens when it gets mixed in with the sweat and the dead skin, hair of the body, Air of the body Loma Loma. We can move on to the nails now. Naka and Pali. Repeat this word in your mind, nails, 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 and bring to mind an image of your nails. We might be drawn or fascinated to people's nails and they decorate them. Look after them. Keep them healthy and shiny. But again, What are the nails like when you cut them off? What are the clippings like from the nails on your hands, if you had a pile of them? When we cut our nails, we are again repulsed, we want to throw them away, we want to get rid of them, but when they're on our hands we become enamored with them, we take good care of them, we want them to be and look a certain way. And toenails as well. Try to keep them clean. Keep thinking, nails, nails. Naka, naka. Think of your nails now. There might be dirt or grime underneath them. And think what are nails actually made of? A dead, hardened skin. That's all they are. We might dress them up, but in reality that's all they are. how hard it is to keep them clean, the grime and the dirt that gathers underneath them, the bacteria. Same with your toenails, uh, the sweat, the grime, the dirt that gets in under the nails. Nails, naka, naka. Think what happens to the nails if we if we don't cut them. We don't look after them. They get longer and longer and they crack, become thick and rough and coarse. Now we can move on to the teeth, or oh, danta in the Pali. Think teeth, teeth, teeth. move your awareness around your mouth and in your teeth try to bring to mind an image of your teeth we may think of an of an advertisement that Shows a nice clean straight white row of teeth, and we might think that this is something to strive for or that we want. But just view your teeth as they are now. Maybe there are a few crooked ones. Maybe you haven't brushed your teeth since this morning. And they're starting to get dirty. Again, what happens to your teeth if you don't brush them? Start to get food stuck in them, they get dirtier and dirtier, they start to change color. As your teeth get older and get more sensitive, more brittle, maybe your teeth aren't as strong as they used to be. Maybe they're not as healthy as they used to be. Maybe they're not as clean as they used to be. Or they've changed color over the years. Again, think, teeth, teeth. Danta, danta. What are your teeth, but merely protruding bones? What happens when your teeth fall out? You want to keep it? Or do you get rid of it? What happens to the teeth when they become unhealthy? They maybe get cavities or they become loose they become painful. Again, so the teeth, although we may think that they're beautiful when we take a closer look, we can see that they're not as beautiful and attractive as we may think when we contemplate them. Now we can move on to the skin. Just repeat this over in your mind, skin, skin, skin. Rampali, Tacho, Tacho, Tacho. And scan your awareness all over your body to the skin, encompasses all parts of the body We spend a lot of time looking after the skin, washing it, cleaning it, scrubbing it, moisturizing it. But again, what happens to it if we? If we don't do these things for a day or two days or three days, it becomes dirty. Your pores start to clog up. It becomes oily. It starts to mingle with the sweat. Your skin starts to smell. Just keep thinking skin, skin, skin. that's tacho. tacho. What happens when we scrub the skin? Many dead skin cells flake off. Skin dries up and cracks. we can think as well what is this skin covering over if the skin wasn't there what would anybody's body look like because we have this thin layer protects us from the internal organs. Even the most beautiful or handsome person in the world Without the skin they ostensibly look all the same. Just keep repeating, skin, 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 tacho, tacho, tacho. Think how your skin's changed throughout the course of your life may have been firmer when you were young, but as you get older it starts to loosen, it starts to wrinkle. Gets thinner. Maybe you get blemishes on it. Again, even the most attractive person in the world, once their skin starts to change, this is what we usually feel. They become less attractive and their skin becomes more wrinkled and loose. I'm thinking skin, skin. Tacho, tacho. In the last few minutes, we can move through the body faster. Think hair of the head, hair of the head or Kesa, Kesa. Take a few quick moments to think about the inherent and attractive nature of the hair. Hair of the head, Hair of the head, Think the hair of the body, hair of the body, Loma, Loma. Think of the inherent, unattractive nature of the hair of the body. Think naka, nakka, or the nails. Nails, nails. Think of them growing longer. Think of the dirt and grime underneath them. Think about the nails when they're cut off. Think teeth, teeth, danta, danta. Think of the teeth when you don't clean them or the food stuck in them. When they rot and they have cavities. When they become painful or sensitive. You can think skin and skin. Tacho, tacho. Think of the skin when it's not washed. And how it flakes off. How it changes. As you get older and it becomes looser. and Wrinkles.
0: Thank you very much, Ajahn. Apologies again for the audio issues in Zoom at the start of the session. They have now been uh, corrected. So if there's anyone who would like to ask a question to Ajahn in person, just a reminder, you can join the Zoom session and... That way, you'll be able to um, ask Ajahn in person directly and interact with him and he'll be able to see you if you have your camera on. Also, you'll be able to see him via the camera, the setup here at the BSV. Um, I'll just switch over to our Zoom participants at the moment. Is there a question from from you uh, in Zoom, not at this stage? All right, so I'll switch over. At the moment, Ajahn, we have one question uh, from the online uh, audience. This question came in quite early in the session. Mm. So it's not related to the topic of tonight, but um, I guess it might be. Um, The the question is, Namaste, to contemplate a meditation object, Mm. do I have to have knowledge of the meditation object? If so, how to gain that knowledge Thank you
1: mm. uh, y yeah, it obviously depends what you're contemplating um if you're doing a contemplation just like we were doing then um the contemplating the like the different parts of the body the hair of the head the hair of the body nails teeth skin it you know you it's you you have a very close affinity to these things you have to you know they're part of your body you see them every day so uh, you, you have this sort of innate kind of knowledge about them, um, but if you're contemplating things like uh, maybe maybe uh, different aspects of the teachings, say for example you're contemplating the four noble truths, or you're contemplating something about dependent origination or something, then you you, you obviously have to have a, a at least a rudimentary understanding about what those teachings are. Um, uh, you, it's good to at least have, if there are any sort of like points of clarification that you may need, maybe you don't particularly understand a, a, a particular term or something like that. It's good to have a, yeah. You know, again, a, at least a rudimentary understanding of that. But the whole reason that you contemplate, uh, some kind of object or some kind of theme is so that you can understand it better Um, uh, so you can understand it more clearly you can see it with more clarity with more vision with more wisdom so you don't have to know everything about the theme that you're actually contemplating but before you're contemplating it that would sort of you you know defeat the purpose if you already knew everything about it you wouldn't need to contemplate it so um, so no in the, the short answer is no you don't need to know everything but es- but especially if you're doing some kind of contemplation where it is maybe a more higher teaching or something then it is at least good to have like a, a rudimentary understanding about what that teaching is about
0: thank you achan uh, our next question from the online audience is I have the feeling that this contemplation, increases my fault-finding view towards my body and is therefore not very helpful for me. Do you have a contemplation with cupcakes (laughs) to reduce their attractiveness?
1: Uh, I see,
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, actually I do. uh, so yeah, that that uh, I guess you know that is one issue that I'll, I'll bring up. Like sometimes some people just they're not very suited to body contemplation. Um, they don't find it works very well, um, or it could bring up uh, 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 different kinds of uh, yeah. As you said, fault finding. You might uh, it might sort of like go the wrong way it's good to try these kinds of practices um, but if they don't work for you then that's fine there's there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that uh, It depends a lot on your character it depends on your a lot on your own kind of personality um, so yeah don't you know don't worry about it too much it's just sort of like another tool in the toolbox there to use um but you know, cupcakes. Yeah, they're, they're like there definitely is uh, a, a way to investigate cupcakes and in anything that you are, like uh, any kind of food that you really are like uh, drawn to, attracted to, and and find yourself um, using as some kind of uh, desire crux. Um, and it's actually something that we monastics we uh, train to do every day and every time that we actually eat anything. You like your investigating the nature of the body to see that it's, that it's not as you know, particularly great and, and beautiful and as attractive as, as what you think it is when you look at it in more uh, refined detail. It's the same thing with food food is something we when we we get it like nicely and it's nicely presented to us we get a nice cupcake and we look at it on the you know we look at it on the plate or whatever we see it in the bakery it's like wow that looks fantastic that smells so great that's you know that's that just everything about that just looks totally delicious but you can think as soon as you put that thing in your mouth and you chew it like once or twice like and then you spit it back out into your hand what's that look like this cupcake that was so awesome and so attractive like it's just this pile of mush now it's like oh okay if you really if you really love the cupcake it's like okay well what you love about the cupcake is the taste of it so okay you've spat it out in your hand it's like well okay eat it again or Get your baby or your child to chew off a cupcake and spit it out, and it's like, oh, do you want to? Do you still want to eat that again? <laughs> so you you can you can you can do these kinds of things with your food as well, and also food. Uh, say for example, uh, okay, now a cupcake looks great, it looks fantastic. What's it going to look like tomorrow if you just leave it? You know, it's going to get stale. It's going to get hard. It's going to get. Uh, yeah, it's gonna start to not be not so attractive. It's not gonna smell so good. You leave it for a few days, you know, the cupcakes are not you know, attractive after a few days. Um so yeah, and then there's the you know, then there's the you could say the the other end of the cupcakes at the end of the pro of the the the, the process after they've gone through the body, cupcakes aren't so attractive attractive then. So while you know this might look this might seem a little bit sort of you know disgusting kind of thing that's sort of what it's meant to be this is it's not to say that cupcakes are terrible then you should never ever eat cupcakes again and they're and they're uh, you know disgusting and you can have no more joy in life and you'll never ever have to have a cupcake again in your life. you can still eat cupcakes is fine but but the the thing that, that these kinds of practices do is can in a way like put the brakes on your desire if you see the cupcake it's like oh this is awesome or you know the, the chocolate mud cake or whatever it is i just want to like hoe into this thing and like eat eat the hell out of it and it's like well you can actually you can reflect on us it. well okay what's this going to be like as soon as i put this in my mouth you know how's it going to change how's the state of it going to change um and also we can uh one of the reco- recollections that we do is uh, uh as as a monastic we do uh recollection that we you know this food it's just it's it's just an element this is just something that we put in our body this keeps our body going um this is just nutrition that we're putting in we're not doing it to you know not doing it for enjoyment not doing it to make ourselves look you know like yeah, you know, ripped and and handsome or anything like that. It's just you know it's just a, another form of food that we put in our body. It's like fuel for one more day. So you know, you know, I, you know cupcakes. They you know they're not they're actually not the best kind of fuel. If you just if you just sort of eat cupcakes every day, like it's. Yeah, you know, it's it's not the best kind of fuel you can be eating. But then also, if you eat cupcakes every day, all right, you, you, you get really bored of them and you probably get sick as well. So it's like, okay, you can you can contemplate these different kinds of you can contemplate these different kinds of things. So hopefully, I haven't ruined cupcakes for you for the rest of your life.
0: Thank you, Ajahn. Um, Melly, if you want to respond to whether Ajahn has ruined cupcakes for you, feel free. Sorry? Yeah, I was just going to... I was suggesting to Melly if she wants to respond to that, uh, to, to let us know if cupcakes have been ruined for her forever. Um, I had a question myself, Ajahn. Yeah. Um, for someone who's not uh, as the in the first... Um, well, as as in that last question, maybe someone who's not so enamored with their own body, mm. but uh, one of the uh, attractions of the bodies, of course, as you mentioned at some point, is to other people's bodies... Mm. Is it a practice to use those the same contemplation in terms of just um, looking at the different parts of another person's body who yeah. you might find physically attractive and you feeling this attachment and desire towards? Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. It's um, and that's yeah. We we usually just start with our own body because it's the easiest. It's the easiest one to to do. But that's uh, in essence, what you're trying to do it for is you're trying to do it so you're not so one enamored with your own body but then two enamored with the bodies of other people um so i, I you know, like you can sort of think of this person maybe that you're 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 very uh very attracted to um you can think oh what's it like if you know i just had like a uh, you know i pulled their hair out of the sink or something like that or or you know their you know their nails is like i don't know i don't know who's like Good looking these days, like Brad Pitt or something. If you had his fingernails, it's like, well, they'd just still be like grotty fingernails. You'd want to get rid of them. So we can we can use this as a way to um, you. Yeah become at least a little bit more disenchanted with this spell that we're put under that, you know, other other forms are attractive and physical physical forms are attractive because when we look at them in their constituent parts we realise that then you know there's there's you know nothing really overly special there. And while another point I'll make while we do these contemplations uh, and maybe looking at a little bit more of like the repulsive side of it, it's it's not like it's repulsive, but it's more that it's, you know, we, we just generally have this view that, our you know, bodies are, are attractive and they're beautiful. So we're skewed, we're just basically, we're skewed the wrong way. We think they're great. We think they're attractive. We think, you know, nice hair is good or we think our own hair is good. So that's when you... Investigate these things. You do it from the other side. You look at them a little bit more repulsive, but in reality, they're just the way they are. You know, they're neither attractive or they're neither repulsive. They're just they're, That's just the way they are in their natural state. The attraction and repulsion that we put on them. That's these are just sort of conventions on that we make up ourselves. So looking at these things more and seeing them more as, you know, not so beautiful. This is just sort of like balancing balancing the playing field out a little bit more.
0: Thank you, Rajan. Uh, I'll just read out um, the response from the cupcake lady, Melly, mm. in France actually. She says she'll work on her running cupcake meditation and will let us know next time yeah. how it goes. Yeah. You, um, you, you can also
1: yeah. do the um, uh, yeah, those there's, 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 like famous experiments in the '70s, um, like called the marshmallow test, where uh, you know uh, you put a, you'd put a like a marshmallow, you'd put kids in a room put kids in a room, you uh, put put one marshmallow in front of them and you just say to the kid, it's like, okay, we're going to leave you in this room. There's a marshmallow there. If you don't touch it, if you don't touch it, then, you know, when I come back in like two minutes, I'll give you two marshmallows. And so they'd leave the kids there, leave the kids there with the, with the marshmallow and the, obviously there's video cameras and all these kinds of things and and um yeah uh, you know some kids some kids gave in and they sort of hook into the marshmallow it's like oh didn't you know that you were going to get two if you just waited two minutes yeah i knew but you know, it doesn't matter i was hungry and um and so they uh, the the uh, the general thing that they found is like kids that could resist the marshmallow later in life Their their actually life was you know it's you know those problems with the study and things like this but generally their lives was, were a lot better they were more successful um basically because they had more self-control and the kids would you, they'd ask the kids well how did you the kids that didn't eat the marshmallows is like well how did you stop it's like oh i just you know i didn't i didn't think about this thing so much it's there in front of me but i i just don't think about it they, they you know if they're sing a song or you know like you know count the tiles on the roofs or something like that um so you know you can you can do that with your cupcake you can put a cupcake in front of you and like see how long see how long you like you you you, until you break until you have the cupcake it's like you can you sit there and you can meditate it's like okay well I, i can't move meditation for like 45 minutes and i can't touch this cupcake that's sitting in front of me and you can even get it really close to you and you can spell it and all these kinds of things. But, uh, you know, you get creative with it. <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Ajahn. Uh, the last, um, we're just about at the end, but uh, there are no more questions, but I'll read really out the last comment here. Mm. Um, I've been intrigued by death contemplation mm. and this really brings it together.
1: Yeah, nice. Yeah, mm. you know that's a that's the the sort of the next step with these kinds of things is contemplating your own contemplating your own death. Um, you can you can do these things where it's like I um you know as as I went through with this practice, it's like you can either you can either like just repeat the word. And actually, yeah, I'll make that clarification now. When you're doing these contemplations, depends what you find the most attractive in a way as in attractive in like it draws your mind in the most or the thing that makes your your mind the most calm if you find that you know say for example you're going through the hair of the head hair of the body nails teeth and skin but you find the teeth are something that really like pull you in and that starts to draw your attention onto that and makes you calm you can stay with that with that one with that one thing and um uh, sort of hone in on that a little bit more um but Maybe maybe you might find, you, maybe your, how would you say, your, your visualization in your mind's not so good. So yeah, you can do those practices where you are more contemplating of like, okay, well, what's my teeth, what are my teeth like if I don't brush them, it's, if they start to go yellow and all these kinds of things. You can use your contemplation in that way. Or you can use it as a way of, of developing like a mantra or something. So you can just go teeth, 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 and sort of keep your mind with the teeth. And that's a way to develop concentration in the mind. But another way we can do this is you can do like you know you can do it as a mantra. So you can do like hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, and skin. But in Pali, you do like kesa loma naka danta tadjo kesa loma naka danta tajo, kesa loma naka danta tajo. and you use it like a like a like a samadhi object. So. We can do these different kinds of practices, say for example with the body, but then we can move on to you know on to uh, investigating death as well, and you can do same kinds of things. You can you can sort of think over and over in your mind, just like a mantra, is like you know my life is impermanent, my life is impermanent, or, or 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 you know nothing in my life is sure, but death is for sure. Nothing in my life is for sure, death is for sure, or you can say like the pali. Word and use that as a mantra, like Maranang, Maranang, Maranang. Um, or again, if you're you're sort of more 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 imagistic and visually inclined, you can sort of imagine the body going through, you know, the stages of, of death and things like that, and the stages of of the uh, different kind of decomposition, you know, after the body dies and things like that. So you just you find you find the thing that you you can sort of hook onto, and the thing that like interests your mind the most. Um, and you know whether that's repeat doing it as a mantra, whether that's doing it more in terms of actually you know, analysing and contemplating the thing, or if it's doing it more in terms of like a, a visual image in the mind's eye. You can do either one of those, either one of those, and you can you know change it around as well to, to whatever's. Uh, to however you you know what you need to do. Maybe some days you need to mind's really really agitated. You can't calm down. You try to maybe think of the you know the hair of the head, but the mind's still just all over the place. So you can just do it like a mantra, like like uh, kesa 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 kesa, and sort of rein the mind in. Or yeah, you can do it e- e- either way. So um, the last caveat I'll just sort of make with these kinds of things. Just be the the only thing to be. Cautious with with contemplating the body and contemplating death. If you do it a lot, um, it has to sort of suit your personality. Um, some people find if they do this, they get a little bit. Uh, they they can get a little bit sort of uh, it goes the wrong way, and they get a little bit despondent. They get a bit flat. They get a bit kind of you know, what's the use of what's the use of anything kind of thing. If you do feel like it's going in that way, you just need to balance it back out again. Um, Balance it back out. Do some, do some loving kindness meditation. Do some, uh, do some breath meditation. Calm the mind back down again, and just sort of balance it out a bit. So, you just have to, just have to notice yourself if it's. Uh, it should be leading. Again, it should be leading to calm, and it should be leading to insight, and it should be leading to clarity. But if it is going in that more of a way where things feel. You know, it's like, oh, why bother? Everything's dirty. Everything's, uh, you know, like cupcakes aren't fun anymore. And the monk told me to, like, you know, spit them out into my hand. And you know, nothing in life is fun anymore. You know, obviously, take a bit of a break and sort of go back the other way. So, just with that caveat in mind, but it's it's a very good practice. So, with that, it's is there any more questions or no? Okay, well, we might. We might call it a night sorry about the zoom uh, uh, technical difficulties well we're, it's a, it's a work in progress so um, yeah I'd like to thank you all for coming uh, coming either way and uh, practicing tonight has been it's been really nice hopefully hopefully you've found uh, you found it helpful the body contemplation helpful um, yeah, and it is it's a good it's a good tool to use. You don't have to use it all the time, but you know, just use it whenever you feel it feel it's uh, when it's necessary. So with that I wish you all the best for the week. We'll be having the Dhamma talk on Sunday at nine thirty. Nine o'clock, I should know this. We're having it at nine o'clock. Chi Quang Sunim will be giving the talk this week. So, yeah, uh, you're more than welcome to uh, tune in for that. So uh, with that, all the best. I wish you all the best and and, uh, progress and success in the Dhamma.